0: This is Sean Carr. I'm the executive director of the Batten Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the University of Virginia Darden School of Business. Welcome to Research and Relevance. Uh, Today for our conversation, I'm talking with John Haltenwanger, uh, University of Maryland and affiliated with the National Bureau of Economic Research to talk about some of his work. You hear from uh, uh, legislators, lawmakers, uh, political leaders, um, and just in the media at large is that entrepreneurs are the drivers of economic growth in this country and entrepreneurship is the mechanism for job creation in this country and pointed all kinds of data that seems to tell that story. But you're saying that that's not quite right.
1: No, actually, I think that the the argument that entrepreneurs are key to job creation and innovation and productivity growth is exactly right. But it's also important to remember that in the post-2000 period – the U.S. economy has actually been quite sluggish. Uh, the recovery, the 2004 to 06 recovery, it, it was quite weak compared to the 1990s. And of course, we had the financial crisis and the Great Recession. And the post-Great Recession recovery has been quite anemic. It's been especially anemic in, in, in the nature of productivity growth. And so uh, what we find in our evidence is exactly as you said, entrepreneurs play a outsized role in terms of productivity growth, job creation, and innovation. But unfortunately, that that process has slowed down. And so we, we would argue that, that part of the reason the U.S. economy has had anemic productivity growth in the post-2000
0: period is this slowdown in entrepreneurship. The, the U.S. economy has been in, in, a, in a steady decline. Uh, maybe not that surprising that you'd see also a decline uh, in, 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 in new company starts. Um, but then I've heard others say, "Yeah, but wait a minute. The, but that might not apply to the high tech sector. You know, that they're, it's just different. You know, there's there's more money available, there's more financing, there are more ideas. Uh, it's it's never been easier to start a, a high tech, high growth uh, type of venture. So maybe that's different. What's your view on that?" So, then you might say, okay, well, maybe we're just mis- – so, in high tech, maybe
1: the, what, what seems to be this, this, this notion, oh, that's, that's where these young, high-impact businesses are, are present and maybe we haven't seen a decline. Well, no, actually, when we look in the data, we look inside that data we see post-2000, there's been a decline, in one, in startups in high tech, and two, not only – so, there's, a, there's, there's fewer startups. We've also seen a decline in high-growth startups in high tech. So that says, oh, no, something different is going on. We're just not seeing businesses in the post-2000 period who enter in high tech take off
0: in the same way that the 1990s cohort in particular did. Mm -hmm. In your uh, recent talk, uh, uh, which you titled Declining Business uh, Dynamism uh, of Entrepreneurship in the United States, Cause for Concern, Um, is it a cause for concern? I, I would say yes precisely
1: because of what we see in high tech. So I think there is cost concern for, in the high-tech sector. We're seeing less entry, conditional on entry, less high growth. Also, interestingly, it's not as though we're, we, we're, we're actually able to measure, I'll say, the, the opportunities that young businesses have in high-tech. And one way to see that is um, we can look at what we call the, the dispersion of productivity, but literally how high the, the, sort of the most productive businesses are relative to other young businesses. And, and, and what should be happening is those businesses that success are successfully innovating and, and, and have high productivity uh, economic theory says and co- common sense says they 're the ones that should be taken off and that 's what used to be happening so we 're still seeing businesses out in the right tail of the productivity distribution but're but they 're but they're not growing in the same ways before they 're not being bought up they 're not growing i 'm not saying they 're not growing at all they 're right. just not growing as rapidly and, and that 's what that 's kind of what you need for this for the high tech high impact entrepreneurs you need the the businesses that are doing the innovation and productivity not only just to have high
0: productivity you need
1: them to you need them to scale right. and that's just not happening in the same way as right. before
0: your findings I, I find so well, one compelling and two um, eye opening because they are so counter to a common story that even still we hear um, uh, about entrepreneurship and dynamism and you know, flexibility in our economy but that's not that's not not what has been playing out. Now we
1: we just aren't finding it. I'll say evidence, and I, I, I get pushback by the way on this. Mm-hmm. Of course, when I find myself talking, I'll say particularly to folks who are uh, you know both both literally physically located or study intensively the Silicon Valley because they're mm-hmm. like they're they're like things are things are going great guns uh, in the Silicon Valley. Uh, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say we we've, we've even looked to sort of see whether uh, regionally. We're, 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 you know, is a is Silicon Valley doing what it was doing back in the 1990s? The answer is no. It's just not okay. So we're, we're, we're so, so it's not as though you might, you might say, well, you know, maybe I'll say this still matters, and, and it is true that when, when you talk to folks who either study or live in the Silicon Valley, they the center of the universe is the Silicon Valley, and so they're like, okay, well, there's us, and then there's the rest of the world, and 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 they. And they, and I think they, they, there's some, there is some truth to the fact that they, are, and they, they are, they have had an enormously outsized impact on, on, things, and, and so, so again, some groups that push back, for example, are, it's not just the, talking to the, the, tech experts from Silicon Valley, but the, but the VC markets, okay, so they, and they would say, look, the VC market has been incredibly concentrated in, in, in Silicon Valley, and that remains true, and we're still out there, uh, financing. Uh, in, in a big time way, and so how, you know how can this be how can this be true i 'm going to say well i, I, I haven 't looked so much in the financing data, but I am looking at jobs and productivity and i 'm sorry we 're just not seeing it in the jobs and the productivity data
0: do you think it could be a lag
1: i 'm sympathetic with at least us worrying about that but then i 'll go back again you know, i, I 'm I'm a, I'm a data data guy, so I want to go back and see what we actually what we found in the 1990s What was interesting about the 1990s is the surge in entry in high tech led the uh, productivity growth by many years? We saw the surge in entry. You could say the entrance. They were they they, they were they were they were jumping in, uh, in into the market, and we weren't seeing much impact on productivity initially, and then later. So what's the question is we're ju- we're ju- we're not seeing the entry now. So what's mm. the question is, now? That that's it. Still may be the case that the nature of the innovation process is such that. We're, we're, it's it hasn't kicked in, in in terms of innovation. I mean there's a you know there's a whole sequence of the innovation process. Obviously there's the idea itself you're kind of pushing you know AI, robotics, automation. And again if you talk to the techno optimists they'll they'll tell you look, driverless cars are right around the corner the way we organize businesses given that is right around the corner. The AI is going to completely change the way, again, we organize businesses. And, and it's not hard when they, when they show off the technology to you. You talk to them and they'll show it off to you. They're like, whoa, okay, this is going to change things. But it's still going to take somebody to figure out how to, how to bring this into the, in, in, into the market. So are we in that, in that phase where this is about to happen? But, but, but again, I'm, I'm, here's the thing. Entry tends to be a leading indicator mm-hmm. for innovation and we're and, and, and we're just and not that's, seeing that's it. That's not
0: happening. Yes. Yeah. Let me shift into a policy mode for a moment. You're a policymaker. Uh, you're trying to encourage obviously job creation, economic growth and all those good things. Um, what do you take away or what would you recommend that a policymaker, uh, legislator uh, take take away from from these findings? So uh, this this one is a first order question and
1: uh, and, and really and perhaps the toughest question. Uh, so, I think it's good to start by asking the question if, if the facts I've talked about are correct, and I'm going to argue that they are, <laughs> is what, why has the U.S. become a less attractive place for entrepreneurs, particularly in these key innovative sectors like high tech, to, to start up a new business? Why has that been the case? And I think there perhaps are, are a variety of factors that, that may be at work. Uh, I, I do worry about the regulatory environment. I think we, we should be asking, OK, what, what are the barriers? Like, this is often what many countries do around the world. They worry about, have we made it difficult to do business in this country? So I think policymakers uh, uh, should be thinking about that. I, I, I think the Great Recession uh, has had an insult to injury here. So this, this started before the Great Recession – but the Great Recession was especially tough on entry in young businesses, so more so than any recession we 've seen in the post World War II period, young businesses got hit very hard and i think I think that so we ought we ought to be asking ourselves what happened to financial markets, particularly whether it 's coming from banks or it 's coming from uh, the v c markets for that matter and and here, here's again where life's, I'll say, kind of complicated. This is this is why why um, is so interesting and and, and complex. Uh, you know, even the businesses that ultimately make their way to VC often, you know, they're, again they start they start small and it's sort of beg, borrow, and steal to get started. So they they're using what well, they, we often now call angel investors, which are you know family friends. Uh, they're using home equity. Doing all kinds of different things. So again, I think we ought to look hard to see whether um, uh, financial markets have made uh, life uh, more difficult. And, and here's another thing that's sort of just at the core of of possible policies. So one of the things again, I don't think we fully understand this very well, but we but but the, it's it's related to demo, basic demographics and and the policies is the immigration issue. So so one thing that's true is obviously the U.S. Is is, like many advanced economies, getting older. And the U.S. was kind of bucking that trend some through immigration. So, unlike the Europeans or Japan, you know, we, baby boom generation getting older, we were inviting lots of folks in. And, and, and here's, here's something, uh, uh, and you can say, well, gee, is, is it the case necessarily, you know, is, is, this, is this underlying the decline in high-growth entrepreneurship? I don't know, but I'll make a comment kind of from, from, the, from the academia. So one thing that is true and even more true today than it's ever been is uh, the U.S. Is, is the magnet around the world for graduate education. This is true in technology. It's true in, 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 finan- in finance. Uh, it's true in economics. Many of our doctoral students are, uh, are from, from around the world. And, and and I think I I think this is you would say this is one of our leading exports is actually in, in many ways is that we we, <laughs> we 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 bring we bring in and we we indeed are able to to basically educate the world at at, at the frontier of technology and and business and the way we I, I can't say organize ourselves we don't make it easy for the for all these doctoral students that we've trained or MBAs we trained to who come from around the world mm-hmm. to stay in the United States and, and is there evidence that that this is a group that plays a critical role for high growth entrepreneurship? the answer is absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean it is a little you – know, so there's, there's a two-fold issue here. One is having a younger population does seem to be important for having a dynamic entrepreneurial economy. But second – and this is the – you could say more controversial part. If you're trying to particularly stimulate or keep up the pace of, of high-impact entrepreneurship, the pool that you, that you want to, I'll say, attract and retain are exactly the people we're bringing in the United States right now to our doctoral programs and our, and our master's programs, but we're not retaining. Right,
0: right. Uh, well, one last question to wrap up. What are the big unanswered? Questions, or as yet unresolved, as it relates to this set of issues. Uh, what's the next phase of work that you feel really needs to be done? Well, I think we've
1: talked already about the fact that, that uh, even though I think some of the facts I talked about are very clear, we, we we'd like to dig further to try to really understand the nature of entrepreneurship. So, so I, I think we've already begun this process, but here, here's the part we still don't understand very well. We we don't understand very well. I'll say the career paths of entrepreneurs. So – and why do we think that matters? Because cause, cause in, in many ways, that's partly what we're asking. We're asking, well, well, why might it be for the person who's thinking about creating the next big thing? Why aren't they doing these? So, so again, we just – we don't even know that much. We've got I'll – say, I'll say lots of anecdotal evidence, but we don't have the – I'll say the data or the studies that say, okay, for, the, for these high-impact entrepreneurs, what was their career path like? You know, what's the role of – of, I'll say incubators in the form of they went and worked in the sector before, and they and they go off and start businesses. Then we'll come back to policy, by the way. Then then non compete clauses, by the way, start start entering in as a as another uh, source of policy. But, but 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 the the core question is, and, and a little bit related both to I'll say the demographics issues and the immigration issues and I'll say the barriers to entry and, and what and what folks do and how returns are changing and so on is. We we need to be tracking the career paths of of entrepreneurs. We now have the infrastructure to do that, but we're very early on on that. And I, I think as we as we learn about that, it will become you know we've got to remember remember I, I much of what I've talked about is entrepreneurs as businesses, but actually entrepreneurs are are individuals. Is the mm-hmm. point? And we don't know nearly as much as you'd
0: like about the individuals, particularly their career paths. Thank you. Thank you, John. Um, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate your uh, taking the time to talk with us. Uh, this was uh, uh, Professor John Haltewanger from University of Maryland and the National Bureau of Economic Research. Um, my name is Sean Carr, Executive Director of the Batten Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the University of Virginia Darden School of Business. This has been the Research and Relevance podcast, and uh, thank you for joining us.